0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Winston Churchill once said, We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by how we give. Gandhi once said, The best way of finding yourself is losing yourself in service to others in this world. Well, I think those two quotes speak volumes of the readings for this weekend, especially the first reading in the gospel. Here we have two poor widows who give. Now, in all appearances, they give just a very little, but it's precious in God's eyes, because it stands for the generous giving of oneself. And we learn from this tradition from God himself, when God says, make your giving to God always a meaningful symbol of genuine self-giving. And then God will reward that self-giving. We see that again in the first reading as well as in the gospel. Now, let's turn to the first reading. What's going on right now? Well, Elijah travels to a country and he visits a widow and her son. Now, the land that he's visiting is experiencing a severe drought, and because of that, the people there have very little food. But Elijah, at first, he doesn't know that. And so, he asks the widow for a simple request, for a cup of water and something to eat. Well, the woman begins to tell Elijah about her plight, that she and her son only have a little food left. In fact, only just for one meal. And after they have eaten this last meal, they have nothing. Because of the drought, all seems hopeless, and she and her son are now ready to die. Well, upon hearing this dreadful news, Elijah still asked for something to eat. Now, this is very odd. You'd think he would have some sympathy and compassion for this widow and her son, but he still insists on asking for some food. Food that is going to basically come out of the mouths of this widow and her son. Now, upon hearing this, we think, well, that's so cold and callous. We probably think, well, this guy's got a lot of nerve asking this woman and her son to give up their food and die. Again, the best way of finding yourself is losing yourself in service to others. And that's exactly what this widow does in the first reading. She gives Elijah everything she has. All the food that she intended to have for her and her son, she gives to Elijah. She gives her whole livelihood. And because she did this great act of charity and stewardship, she was rewarded by God. It says at the end of the story, For a year, the jar of flour didn't go empty, nor did the jug of oil run dry. She and her son were able to eat for a full year. Now, remember where Elijah is. It says so at the very beginning of the story. He's in Zarephath, which is Gentile territory. Elijah is a Jew. Better yet, he's a prophet, so he's a prominent Jew. Now, we all know Jews and Gentiles did not get along. They're like oil and water. They've had hundreds and hundreds of years of history of not getting along, which included prejudice and hatred. Now, this woman, being a Gentile, she knows who Elijah is. Now, she could have easily allowed that prejudice to overcome her and not serve Elijah. Better yet, she could have told him to get away from me. I know who you are. But she didn't. She lived out that expression of Gandhi. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in service to others in this world. And this woman, she gives Elijah the very food that she was saving for herself and her son. She gives away her whole livelihood. She essentially embodies the psalmist who says, make your giving to God always a meaningful symbol of genuine self-giving, and you will be rewarded by God. Well, she was. She ate, she and her son ate for a full year and were able to overcome the drought. Yet, never would that have happened until the widow shared her whole livelihood, everything she had, to Elijah, who represented God in this world. Now, that, I think, goes to the heart of the lesson for this weekend. It's a basic biblical truth. Your faith will grow. Your life will be enriched by the very measure in which you share your faith in your life in service to others in this world. You see this up and down the Bible. You see this in the first reading as well as in the Gospel. And yet, that's the paradox. If you want your faith to increase, if you want your life to be enriched, share it in service to others. By the very measure in which you share your faith and you live it out, your faith will increase. It will become stronger. And yet, what's the temptation? To cling to the little that we have. What does the world tell us? Well, if you love something, grasp onto it, hold to it don't share it. You earned that. Let the others fend for themselves. Don't share that. Well, that's not biblical. What does the Bible say? If you want your life to have purpose, if you want your faith to be enriched, share it as a gift in service to God and others in this world. Now, what does God do when we do that? He takes what we give him, he blesses it, and he strengthens our faith all the more and he rewards us with his blessings, just like he did with the widow in the first reading. Now, that's a great segue into the gospel. The gospel begins, it says, Jesus said to the crowds, Beware of the scribes, who like to go around with long robes and accept greetings in marketplaces and seats of honor in synagogues. Jesus, he notices the religious establishment of his time. Who wear these long robes, extravagant clothing to be noticed? They accept titles and seats of honor for their own vanity, all in an attempt to call attention to themselves and their own piety. So Jesus, right now, he's criticizing the scribes and their own shameless self-promotion. They're using their piety to boost their ego. Worse yet, to profit by it. Now, what are the scribes really doing here? They're clinging to the very little that they have. You know, they're grasping at things like titles and honor and fame that really don't mean anything. Essentially, they're doing just the opposite of what God wants us to do. Next in the story, it says, Jesus sat down and observed how the crowd was putting money in the temple treasury. Well, the people were contributing to the temple treasury for the basic upkeep and maintenance of the temple. We do the same thing for our churches. Now, it says many rich people were putting in large sums of money. So, it begs the question, how would anyone know just how much or the amount contributed to the treasury by any given person? Well, we have to understand the shape of these receptacles that were used to collect the money. They were shaped like a musical instrument like a trumpet, such that when people would make a donation, the money would drop down and clang back and forth all the way down to the bottom of the receptacle, so it would make a lot of noise. Well, the more money that you donated, the more noise it made as it went its way down this receptacle. So if you were a rich person and you had a whole bucket load of coins and you poured it down that receptacle essentially it would make a great deal of noise as it clanged its way back and forth and back and forth down to the bottom. People would turn around and look and see all that noise and they would say, hey look, that person just made a substantial contribution. Why were they doing this? Because it was a great way for them to call attention to themselves. On the other hand, if you were poor and you put just a few coins down into the receptacle, It would make very little noise, such that no one would even know that you made a donation to the temple. You would remain anonymous. So now the poor widow comes. It says a poor widow came and put in two small coins worth a few cents. Now, it's important for us to really understand and appreciate that in the ancient world, widows were the most vulnerable. There were no social safety nets. There was no social security, Medicare, Medicaid, food stamps, none of that stuff. If a widow didn't have her family to care for her, she had no means of support. This widow represents the most vulnerable, the most in need of our society. And yet, despite this widow's condition, she still makes a contribution to the temple, albeit just a few coins. Jesus sees that. Next, it says, he called his disciples to himself, which means the apostles are scattered. They're not with Jesus, nor do they see what's going on with this widow and her contribution. But what's most important is Jesus sees. He has witnessed her great generosity. And therefore, he wants to teach the apostles and us all about it. He says, amen, I say to you, this poor widow put in more and all the contributors to the treasury. For they have all contributed from their surplus wealth. But she, from her poverty, has contributed all she had, her whole livelihood. Well, Jesus now tells the apostles and us, this widow offered to God her whole livelihood with a pure intention and with a generous spirit. See, that's exactly what God wants from us. Again, when we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by how we give. Your faith will grow. Your life will have purpose and meaning by the very measure in which you share it in service to God and others in this world. And we see this firsthand with both of these widows. And at the end of the story, they are both blessed by God because God is well pleased with their giving, their giving of their whole livelihood. Well, so too with us. Our faith will be strengthened. Our life will always have meaning by the very measure we share it in service to others and we give of our whole livelihood to God. Then we, just like the widows at the end of the stories, we too will always be blessed by God because of how we gave from our whole livelihood. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ Rest upon you always.